What is good, everybody? Welcome to a special edition Gold Standard Grant Cohn Joint Production. Rob Stats Guerrero, Grant Cohn. It's Wednesday night. We're rearranging the schedule a little bit because, Grant, you've been at the team facility all day. Yeah, you know, I get I, I leave Oakland at 9 o'clock. Training camp starts at 1030. Better to talk at the end of the day once we know what happens, who got hurt, who didn't get hurt, who played well, all that stuff. So I think for the next month, we'll be recapping uh, these days. And then when it's over, we'll go back to morning show. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to both of the YouTube channels, Gold Standard and Grant Cohn. Few things I want to get off my chest because we've already started. I've already seen numbers being tweeted out, performances being talked about, a couple just little guidelines for people to follow. First of all, when you look at the numbers, figure out is the person talking about seven on seven? Are they talking about yeah. 11 on 11? Are they combining those two yeah. into one thing? Figure out what you are looking at. Real quick, let, let me like explain this for dummies, not dummies or people that just don't go to these practices. What's the difference between seven on seven and 11 on 11? What does seven on seven mean? 11 on 11 is fairly standard. It's, you know, all the players. Uh, there's just no tackling. It, for seven on seven, for the offense, there's a center, the quarterback, a running back, a fullback, two wide receivers, and a tight end. And then the defense has linebackers and, and DBs. No D linemen, no offensive lineman other than the center who's just there to snap the ball. That's seven on seven. And the idea is, you know, it's like, it's a little bit easier for the quarterback. It's it's something you can do on day one of camp that's not too intense. And that's why they did it. Like in a few days, they won't be doing seven-on-sevens anymore, and I usually don't even count it. But there wasn't that much to talk about today, so some people sort of brought it, to, uh, put them together, and I think that's – I wouldn't do that because I think seven-on-seven and eleven-on-eleven are very different, and you should probably separate it. Excellent. Thank you for that. I think that's a good yeah. thing for people to know. Like – if you're not that many people are super into training camp sometimes. So it's good to just go over this stuff. I see you fixing the mic. Me and my mic thing are like when you're somebody moves your car seat and you can never get it back to where you had it. It drives like, me nuts. What happened? It was perfect for like, a, anyway, we're good. Yeah. Um, second thing is, I think it's hilarious that we have already started with the, what the hell actually happened at camp? Because I saw you and some other people said that Trey Lance had a very good day and was noticeably better than Sam Darnold. And I've seen other people like Brad Graham say, Oh, it was really close, but Trey had a slight edge. Like wh I still don't know what's happening. at camp. Hey, no disrespect to Brad Graham, but he was about 800 miles away from the action. Um, I don't have my play by play with me right in front of me, but I think Darnold was better than Lance in seven on sevens. Lance was much better than Darnold in, seven, in 11 on 11s. And I think if the roles were reversed, if Darnold was the one today who did a much better than 11 on 11s, I feel like all those people would point it out. Like, hey, Darn the numbers were similar, but Darnold kicked ass in 11 on 11s. And like, but all of a sudden, there's no context. I don't know. I, I feel like also those same people, when the video of Trey Lance's um, new and improved throwing mechanics came out a few days ago, crickets. <laughs> cricket like, like remember the spreadsheet like the spreadsheet put out a tweet about it and he was like yeah he's got a quicker release but 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 we got like we know man like why you got to rain on the dues parade today on today of all days i feel like it's so obvious where people stand on this quarterback thing and oh. I, I you got to keep those biases in in mind 
Yes. And that was exactly what I was going to say next. We all have biases, every single one of us. And it's up to us as consumers of the content from everybody, figure out what everyone's bias is so you can better make your own judgment for what is happening, right? Like if you know one guy is biased for somebody and they say, hey, my guy had a really good practice, take it with a grain of salt. Maybe go to somebody else who usually is against said person and see what they say. And then you can kind of try and figure it out. Also, I think that's the nice thing about the post-practice stream. You know, you watch practice, you put your report out there, you, you definitively say who was good and not so good, and then diehard fans read like 10 of those from 10 different people, see mm-hmm. inconsistencies, and then they want it, Then they, they can ask you directly, hey, what, what's the deal? Why do you and Brad see things differently? And you can answer those questions, and you can be transparent, and then readers and viewers can decide in themselves for themselves like which people are most honest or, or most transparent in what they're doing. Yes, 100%. And by the way, just clear it up. Cassard says, spreadsheet, is he talking about David Lombardi? Yes, he is. And by the way, the spreadsheet is back. You can check out the spreadsheet um, if you are so inclined. It's supposedly the ultimate objective measure of who was good, bad, or otherwise in camp. But the spreadsheet is there from David Lombardi. It is not sure. objective. I'll just say that right now. It is not objective. David Lombardi has consistently been in the bag for certain people. But again, if you know that going in, you can put it in its proper context, and hopefully yes. you do. Uh, let's yes. see. 49ers daddy, thanks for the super chat. Brock, it's a lock to start week one. It's clear Brock Purdy has the edge to start, but a performance like this from Trey puts a lot of pressure on Brock. This is my thing, Grant. Because Brock can't go three practices in a row, yes, practices like today are good, but I'm fascinated by tomorrow. What does what does it look like when Brock is there and Trey and Sam, they're all throwing side by side. There's a direct comparison because you know, Sam and Trey are going to get up for those practices. They're going to be a little more amped up because they're trying to beat Brock out. Even though they can't, they're going to try. Also, we've never seen Brock against the first team defense. You know, that's going to be a big test because really no one really plays well against that defense. Everyone struggles against that defense. Everyone. So Brock's going to struggle in training camp when he plays and it's going to, you are going to have to put that in context. Like, yeah, Brock didn't play so well today, but neither did Jimmy, neither did Trey against the first team defense. It's very difficult. Um, Still, it's a new, that's a whole new challenge for him. And I think what's really interesting was, so he gets cleared today. There's a, there's a press conference for Debo and someone asks, how relieved are you that Brock Purdy's back? Like the, like the the logic in the question, like, man, you guys are screwed without Brock. Right. Hmm. And Debo goes, yeah, you know, I think um, the competition, the quarterback competition is going to be really intense this year because Trey Lance has really improved and, like, never actually mentions Brock Purdy's name and unprompted starts going on about Trey and then stops. And then someone, like, pushes in a question about Ayuk. And then the next person's like, wait, 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 can we come back to what you said about Trey Lance? That was Carlos Ramirez from NBC Sports. And Debo's like, absolutely. Much, much more touch on the short throws. You should throw the short throws really hard, isn't doing that anymore. Like, okay, like that's interesting. So it seems to me that a very important player on the team is much more enthusiastic about Trey than Brock. There must be a difference of opinion. So I, I don't, and what did, what did Kyle say yesterday on Tim Kawakami's podcast? He still doesn't know the, the, the right answer. Okay. So I think that's probably where we're at. Well, and it's interesting because Kyle never actually says, 
Brock is the starter. He never says that. He's a leader in the clubhouse. He's going to lead the ones when he's out there. For some reason, Matt Mayoko was about to ask who the starter was going to be and then veered into a bridge embankment to not ask that question and instead asked, who is he going to be with the ones when he's out there? Really weird. Like Kyle never just, just go that one more extra yard. He's always circling around it, but he never is fully there. And I was so glad that there was a follow-up question to Debo there because yes, like we needed to know more. And that's the second time Debo has praised Trey Lance. And remember in that interview where Debo bailed, he actually was pretty, uh, gave a lengthy thing on Trey about how much he's improved. He gave a lengthy amount of praise in that interview. So he's done this multiple times with Trey Lance. Yeah. He really has done this multiple times. I think it's pretty clear that Debo is Team Trey. I think it's also clear that Ayuk is Team Trey. So the two starting wide receivers, I think, are partial to Trey. And who wants Brock? Um, Kittle? Use check? Um, maybe McCaffrey? I don't know. I, I, it, there seems to be a little bit of a difference of opinion on this team. They got a month to figure it out. But the it's, thing is, they all get hurt and they all play anyway, so we'll see what happens. Well, but that all, like, when there is a quarterback competition, that happens. Guys pick sides. Like, everybody has guys that they like for whatever reason, even if it's only, this guy throws me the ball more. Whatever the reason is, everybody has a favorite. Like, that's just a thing that naturally develops. The interesting thing will be, if Brock does struggle, what happens? Because it seemed like before... Everybody was united. They were united behind Jimmy, and then they were united behind Brock. If there is a split now, that's going to be interesting because Kyle can't just default to, well, the veterans want this, the veterans want that. If the veterans are split, Kyle's going to actually have to make a decision. Mm, They're all going to get hurt anyway. They'll play eventually. (laughs) No, here's the interesting thing. So Trey is is improving, right? Everyone's saying he's improving. Even George Kittle has said it. So Kyle said it, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, everyone has said this guy is much better. Are they going to say that about Brock? Because he hasn't had an opportunity to do those things, to make those strides. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at Brock and it's like, "Mm, he's not quite back yet. He's not quite back yet. You know, he's he's, he's working. You got to give him credit, man. He's ahead of schedule. But he's not really playing every day. And there's really a noticeable difference from last year. Um, We still like Brock. But frankly, right now, the one guy who's getting better is Trey. It could happen. I mean, I don't know. We'll see Brock tomorrow. We'll see what it looks like. That's going to be crazy. Those practices, I'm telling you, they're, it's going to be, it's going to have a different feel to them because everyone's going to be out there. Everyone's going to be watching. And it's every little thing that gets reported. If Brock is, you know, doesn't throw a completion like uh, Brandon Allen did in practice today, people are going to latch on to that. So it's going to be fascinating to see all of the, the stress and pressure that's on these guys in a friggin' training camp practice. Anytime Kyle praises a quarterback, it's bad. That guy just <laughs> falls apart. I think the best thing Kyle could do is just be like, I don't think he's going to be any good. And then all of a sudden he goes to Jeff Christensen and changes and proves him wrong. And I thought I loved your question. Oh, the hold on. Man. You got to carry the show for two minutes. I forgot to plug my thing in. It's upstairs. Hold on. Carry the show for two. I'll be right back. Sorry. Okay. Uh, the interesting thing I thought was, when Grant asked Kyle, did Trey go to Christensen on his own or did the team tell him to go to Christensen? Because that was never somebody that Trey was associated with. And Kyle flat out said Trey did it on his own, which is really weird because Trey specifically said he wasn't going to make any mechanical adjustments 
at the end of last year. Matt Barrows asked him directly, are you going to do that? And he said, no. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, he's seeking out apparently and finding Jeff Christensen to make mechanical adjustments. So I don't know what changed Trey's mind as Grant is scrambling around his house looking for something. But it's interesting that one, his mind was changed. And two, it seems to be working at least early on in the process. We'll see actually, you know, if it continues and how it looks if there's actual defenders and all of that stuff. But I was fascinated by that, Grant. I love that you asked if Trey sought out Jeff Christensen. Good question, right? Because it's like we all assume that he did, but let's get it on the record. You never know what someone's going to say. And uh, what did he say? No. And he took it a step further. We don't tell any of our quarterbacks who to work with in the offseason, which to me was like, well, you're on the record saying (laughs) that you told Trey Lance to work with John Beck before the draft. So that was interesting. It's like, did you just, I don't know that he lied, but it's like, did you forget what happened? I don't know. Or maybe, maybe he thinks it's different because it was a pre-draft. I don't know. Boy, you're out of breath. What, what did you just I was scared. Do? I ran upstairs and I was like, oh my God, I don't know where my backpack is. And I was like, oh, it's, it was right next to me. I do stuff like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's get to some of the super chats. Uh, Brother Bob says Lombardi, AKA Sheets is the dummy pig in a- oh, Okay. He always does that. Drewish guy says, ask Trey who recommended Jeff. You know what's funny? So if you noticed, uh, two days, they've had interviews. No quarterbacks. I did no notice quarterbacks. That. And I figured none. what they would either do is all they would let all of them speak or none of them speak, and they apparently have gone the none of them route. Well, I think it's pretty clear they're going to let Brock speak first. Brock. Brock. My voice cracked. Brock is going to speak first. And then Trey and Sam will have to talk after that. But I think it's funny. All their pro bowlers, all their all pros spoke the first two days and Armstead. They always treat Armstead like he's so <laughs> special and great because they gave him a bunch of money. But like, I don't know, like zero sacks last year and no pro bowls ever. But yeah, he's a hell of a good player. Sorry. I just can't uh, help myself with Armstead. I respect Eric Armstead. He's been Me there too. for nine years through what? Three, four coaches. Like, that is a rare thing. Now, that doesn't make him a Hall of Famer, but I, re- I have respect for him because he's stuck around. Yeah. You apparently I agree. <laughs> no, I do have respect for Eric Arms. I just think it's funny. Like, they brought out all their all, all, their all pros and Eric. It's like, what about Trevarius Ward? Mo- maybe is, is Eric Arms said better than Trevarius Ward? I don't know. No. I'll take Trevarius. No. All Niners says, I have a strong feeling Trey will be QB one week one. I don't rule it out. I think it's highly unlikely, but I don't rule it out. I thought it was really interesting that Kyle said specifically that the preseason games are going to be more important for quarterbacks this year than usual, because in the past, he's gone out of his way to say he doesn't really put a lot of stock in them. He puts more stock in practice. So that was a noticeable change. I, who cares what Kyle puts stock in? He can't scout quarterbacks. They'll, they'll either play well for him in games and or they won't. And he'll, he'll find out when we find out. It's true. Yeah. Uh, another brother, Bob Grant, you make, will you make Krug eat some crow on Trey Lane? He, I, I think Krug um, has been very positive on Trey for like three or four months. He, he calls him a franchise quarterback. So I, I, I think he's already has, I feel like he already has. I don't, I don't think I need to do that. Since he said he was going to get traded at the draft. Since he said that, After since that, he didn't get traded, I feel like he's yeah. Right. Sorry. 49ers daddy Brock isn't a lock to start. A lot of people seem to feel that. I, I like that because it's not just me. Like, I, I think that it's close to a lock, but it's not impossible. And because Kyle hasn't, he's left that door open. 
let's come back to what Debo said, right? So the question was essentially like, how relieved are you that your starting quarterback is back? Mm -hmm. And what Debo said was, we're having a quarterback competition and I like Trey. That's what he said. We're over here being like, oh, Brock's back. There's no quarterback competition this year. He's like, no, there's a quarterback competition and my money's on Trey. Like, oh, that is very good to know, Debo Samuel, former All-Pro. I'm with you. It, we should keep. I like Debo again. When Debo was overweight after getting paid and asking for a trade, I was like, "This is wildly immature and unprofessional. What are you doing?" This year, like everything he does, I'm like, "This is the guy. We all love this guy, man. Like he's critical of himself and he's great shape and he's like he's got a great smile and he's really smart and he's engaging. Like Debo's money when he's locked in, and I think he's locked in. So good he's, for Debo. Well, he literally said he's been super honest, which is awesome. Yeah. He said, I'm in the best shape I've been in since 2019. And they said, I agree. What did you do differently? And he said, I locked in. Basically, he put the word. I lost in. weight. Right. He t- said, what? Sorry. He said it was hot in Arizona. So I lost more weight. I, I cut the fat. Kyle told me what it, he is telling you exactly what was wrong and how he fixed it. When he came into the league, he looked like a wide receiver. Over time, I felt like he developed a running back body. And he's a damn good running back. But, dude, you are paid to be a wide receiver. You yep. got to be a wide receiver. And today, he looks like a freaking – he looks like he looked like when he was a rookie. And when he was a rookie, he could get open. He could <laughs> run routes. So, I think it all bodes well. That being said, Traverius Ward locked him up today on a little curl route. It's just a little curl route, though. Never had a grown man send me so many pictures with his shirt <laughs> off, but it looks good. <laughs> that was good. That was funny. Comedic timing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, Bam Bam says, I called Lombardi out many times on his bias during his film breakdowns. He posted on all three quarterbacks. What a joke and fake. That guy's comical. This doesn't need to be a bash David Lombardi session, people. Just know that he has a bias in some of this, especially about the quarterbacks. I, I, we don't need to, you know, constantly make fun of him. Just know where he's coming from. That's all. Yeah, let's not give him free promotion, man. He ain't giving me free promotion on his shows. That's why I call him the spreadsheet. Drewish guy. I think the team is behind Trey now. Kittle was great today in the interview process. He usually gets on my nerves. George is a little bit of a caricature of himself, I feel like, sometimes. Like, he's putting on a show for people. But he also praised Trey Lance today. Yeah, I mean, look, Brock isn't Jimmy. These vets had, un, like, unconditional belief in Jimmy Garoppolo. He'd proven it. He was a vet. Didn't need offseason. Who cares? Brock is not that guy. Brock had a was a great story last year. He has potential. But if he can't really practice fully this offseason and he isn't better than he was last year, but Trey's here every single day and getting better, like, listen to what Debo's saying. Listen to what Ayuk and Kittle are saying. I think they're kind of open-minded, and this isn't – again, when, when a reporter asked Debo, how relieved are you to have your starting quarterback, he said, I'm super excited for this quarterback competition. So we'll see. Seems like a competition. Did you catch Kyle Juszczyk with Haberman and Middlecoff? Uh last week? I think it was. He went out. I saw them. clips. I saw parts. He specifically said he went out of his way to say like, Hey, you guys are right. Most of the time. But one of the things you are wrong about is how we feel about Trey Lance. He said, Trey Lance is beloved in the locker room. He literally used the word beloved in the locker room. And then him not being at the warrior games has nothing to do with that. And that they absolutely love him. That so felt self-conscious, right. though. Like, we talk about that on our shows. Like, do, do they not like Trey Lance? Do they not invite him to the games? They're like, whoa, 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 we like him. We like him. Like, it's almost like they were talking to us directly. But I got to give Guy and uh, John credit for, you know, asking good questions and being plugged in. It's, it's an interesting point because I had always seemed like Trey really hasn't even gotten a chance to be 
beloved by the locker room because he was never the guy. And then as soon as he was the guy, he was hurt. So like Jimmy got to play and won those five games and won over the locker room. Brock got to play and won those five games and won over the locker. Trey hasn't even still played five games yet. But like he's likable and he's gone through adversity. And I think people yeah. sort of respect that. But like the question isn't whether whether he's liked. The question is, is whether like he's respected as a football player. And I still don't think that Kyle Juszczyk considers Trey Lance a football player because when he was asked about Brock Purdy, what do you like about Brock Purdy? He said, you know, He's a football player. What does that mean? Well, he's played a lot of football and he's been in all these situations. Well, it's like, I, I think from Ustrek's perspective, athletes are great. I mean, Lance is a great athlete with a lot of potential, but until he like goes through the, you know, the fire and the trenches, like all of the other ones, he's not even really a, a football player yet. So that's the kind of divide the Niners have in their own locker room, their own offense, their own huddle. It's kind of a prerequisite to being a football player is actually playing football. And unfortunately, yeah. Trey hasn't done that. He still hasn't started and finished back-to-back -back games since 2019 let's say look, look, i think it's fair to say that when the niners drafted trey lance who hadn't played football in a year and was really lacking experience the plan to sit him for a year was the worst plan yes the worst like if you take a quarterback like that with 300 throws and a year off because of a global pandemic your plan is to get him on the field asap <laughs> because what they did was they sat him and he didn't get better and then they tried to start him year 2 and they were like damn that didn't work so now we have to play him at running back and we have to like go through the growing pains that we tried to avoid last year now we have to do it this year you just you just put him off so they messed up yeah, and like the colts aren't making that mistake with anthony richardson sorry Right. And I've said that I'm fascinated to see how they handle Anthony Richardson compared to how the Niners handled Trey Lance, because they're pretty similar in terms of college experience. They're really similar. Actually, I think they have close to the same number of stars and all of that stuff. Now everyone's going to say, well, the Colts suck. So it doesn't matter if they play Anthony Richardson, but that's separate from how you develop a guy. You think about it this way. If, if I found you on a desert Island and you were like, Rob, I haven't had anything to drink in a week and a half. And I was like, great. A year from now, we'll get you something to drink. Like, is that going to solve your problem? No, you're going to die. And so that's yeah. what they did with Trey. And now we're in this whole thing that we're in, and we'll see how it all. Because it sucked. Out. Like they, they put him on the bench, and they're like, "Well, it worked for Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers." Don't say that. Don't say that because you aren't those coaches, and this guy isn't those quarterbacks. And when he's not, when he's not that in year two. You're going to feel stupid and you're going to try to avoid it and hide it and play him at running back and say, oh, I'm just saying. So anyway, year three, we're past that. Jeff Christensen saved the day. <laughs> Maybe Trey Lance gets redemption. We'll see. He was pretty good. Here's the thing. So all of Trey Lance's biggest detractors, they're like, well, he can't even hit the layups. 95% of this offense is short throws. If he can't even hit the layups, then what's the problem? Well, what is everyone saying about Trey Lance right now? He has a much quicker release. He's not throwing the short throws as hard. He's much better at the short throws. And like now his detractors are like, yeah, well, there's a lot more of playing football than that. It's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> He's just addressed the thing you said he couldn't do. And I think that's a big deal. Well, that's what playing quarterback is. Steve Young talks about that. It's always moving the goalposts. It's all about what right. you can't do, right? Oh, right. you you can't roll to your right. You always go left. Okay, we're going to force you to go right. Oh, you can't make the short throws. We're going to force you to make short throws. We constantly move the goalposts. We're doing right. it now with Justin Herbert. Oh, he's really good. Uh, he hasn't done it in the playoffs. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. That's what He hasn't won. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo's won? Oh, but yeah, but it's not. Oh, winning isn't a quarterback stat. Yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. that's all part of it. I want to get to some of the super chats. Uh, let's get off of the quarterbacks for a second. Brother Bob says, Grant, how did the tight ends and McKivitts look? 
let me tell you. So they didn't do one-on-ones, but Latu got a target. He got two targets. One, he was wide open, caught it. The other one, he had to beat Andrew Hawkins, who's on the practice squad, and he didn't beat him. Dwelly caught two passes. Willis caught one. I'm skeptical about Latu. I feel like he's going to be a good real football player, like blocking and breaking tackles. Um, but what's he going to look like in a practice where you can't do that stuff? Like, can you beat man coverage? Andrew Hawkins isn't necessarily an NFL football player, and that guy <laughs> locked you up, locked you up. So I'm I'm curious about Latu, but it's early. I'm not I'm not going to act like I can just determine this off one day. I want to see more. Right, and he's somebody yeah. that's still learning the position. Um, Kittle called them his rookie tight ends in the press conference today. He very much sees himself like a, you know, Papa bear, so to speak. Um, and look, they don't have to be great right out of the gate and they're not going to be George Kittle because George Kittle's, you know, one in a million player, but you got to look competent out there at times. And hopefully they do as they go along. Did you notice that Kittle said Kyle's a lot more efficient at installing plays than he was early on? And he, he, he said, no offense. Yeah, he kind of stopped himself, and then he was like, ah, forget it, I've already said it. And then he went back to it and just said, no offense, Kyle. I thought that was really interesting that basically Kyle's good at at taking stuff that, that worked and that they liked the previous year and incorporating it into the install the following season. Yeah, I didn't take it as a criticism, but more of like, you know, Kyle has been a head coach for seven years now, and he, you know, obviously is going to streamline his own process. And probably when he first got here, he was just installing the entire offense and what he thought would work. And mm-hmm. now that you're seven years in, you have such a encyclopedia, just have so much data of what did work. And right. not what you thought would work, but what did work. And then you can keep building from that. Okay, this is our, this is our bread and butter red play. Let's add on to it. And so you, on day one of training camp, you're actually installing the, the plays that you're going to be running the most that year. It's important. Because you, you, those are the plays you got to run flawlessly. That was the whole thing with the West Coast offense. They didn't have a ton of plays, but they just executed them perfectly. Timing, precision, yeah. it's unstoppable. Dress you- it up, make it look different, but it's essentially five plays. Run them perfectly. Yeah. Peyton Manning threw 50 touchdown passes with no arm. No right. arm whatsoever, but the ball was where it needed to be when it needed to be there. And so right. he was able to do it. Uh, Sachin Bandari, apologies if I got your name wrong. Sup, Grant? Hopping on a plane to Europe, so last live I'll catch for almost a month, so take my money. Also, Thanks. I dig hat look always. Uh, anyways, Thanks. play five. I feel like you're almost always wearing a hat during the show. I try not to because my dad thinks it's unprofessional and that you're hiding, but I was in the sun all day and I have hat hair and I didn't take a shower. And I like this hat a little. I like Ralph Polo stuff. Like I don't like wearing like Italian Euro designer stuff because I just feel like it's like really not cool at all. But like Polo stuff, like American designer. Okay, I'll wear all of that. Yes. Because I'm because I'm an outlaw. Huh? Send me some stuff, Polo. He'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I want it. We ain't too proud. Uh, Dave Barclay, thank you for the super chat. Grant, how much I miss. Fire Kyle. Play Trey. Chomping at the bit for the season to start. Niner fans need to support everyone on the team. I'm pro Trey. Still hope Brock does well if he's going to play. Fire Kyle. I don't think anybody that wants Trey Lance to start like me is anti-Brock. I'm not anti-Brock. I'm not rooting against anyone on the 49ers. I'm rooting for Trey Lance more than anybody else. It's not that I'm rooting. I just think it's funny that, like, I'm in the organization, they want you to basically never acknowledge Trey Lance. Let's pretend Trey Lance doesn't exist and just focus on Brock. I'm like, wait a second, why? Like, Brock is a good – they both exist. Brock's a great story. He he might be a great quarterback. Right now he's a great story. But 
Dude, Trey was your first round pick this year. We're not going to ignore him. He's not written off. He's improving. There's an open door at quarterback. We need to talk about him, even though you don't want to. I get the feeling. I kind of get the feeling that Trey may have requested a trade. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if when the Niners said that Brock was going to be their starting quarterback, that he was like, hey, privately, can you please trade me? And they were like, no. Like, not until Brock is all the way back. And so now that Brock's back, they're talking about giving Brandon Allen more reps. It almost feels like it could happen soon. But at the same time, like, why would you trade him now? Debo says he's better. Ayuk says he's better. Like, you might really regret that. So maybe it's a good thing you didn't freaking trade him for an eighth-round pick during the draft. Maybe that, that would have been stupid. Well, that's what I said. It makes no sense. He has no market now because nobody wanted him because they told everybody they were willing to trade him at the owners' meetings and nobody wanted him. If he plays well enough to get some trade value and improve that, then why would you get rid of him? You should just keep him. So it's it's a very, very weird situation. Jason, thanks for the super chat. Watching Lance compete and throw in individuals today, I cheered him on and said, nice throw, Lance. You should have seen the scowls on the other fans' faces. Like, we don't have to be against one guy or the other. Just be for both of them and be and pick your guy that you would prefer to start. That's a lot. That's You're allowed to do that. Again, Niner fans act like they have two franchise quarterbacks. Larry says they have two franchise quarterbacks. Guys, you have none. No, they don't. You got none. You haven't had a franchise quarterback since I was in eighth grade. Eighth grade, okay? So come back to reality. Join us on earth and just pray to God that one of these decades yes. you get another franchise quarterback. Because right now you're like freaking Cleveland, and they found a franchise quarterback, although issues issues but you're right pray that one of these guys is because the odds say that both of them are not. not it's it yep. would be incredibly rare to have two just hope for one that's all and if you i would prefer it to be lance because i think he has a higher ceiling but if i'm wrong i'm not gonna pout i'm not gonna be mad that we have a franchise quarterback i would never do that uh what you talking about willis is cameron latu here to help mckivitz and add to the offensive line what? Not, let's not convert him already, please. Like, really? Uh, yeah. I, th I I feel like the Niners don't have – they have one offensive tackle on the team. I, to me, McKivitz, what is the expectation? It's not even fair to him. Like, as a run – like, the Niners couldn't run right last year anyway with McGlinchey. Now you go back to McGlinchey to McKivitz, like, you're not running right. You're not running to the right. Maybe against some terrible teams, but essentially you're left – you're a left-handed run team. Okay, that's fine. You got Trent Williams and Aaron Banks over there. You could do some stuff, but like, be better if you were balanced. Be better. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that you're going to have a drop-off from the in the run-blocking game. McGlinchey's a better run blocker than McKivitz, yeah. but I think McKivitz is a better pass blocker than McGlinchey. Better be. He better be. Otherwise, the Niners floor, are in trouble. I think his floor is higher. He's not going to have as many plays where he absolutely – that play where Micah Parsons, Parsons. has McGlinchey – are parallel to the ground like that doesn't happen to other offensive linemen like whether they're I feel like that was the end of McGlinchey in San Francisco like if there was any question yeah. they're like okay we're done thank you yeah like oh yeah. man 50 million or 80 million or whatever the hell guaranteed he got for the Broncos from the, for that no thank you and if there's one no. thing the 49ers have been great at they have figured out when to cut bait with guys they know they don't pay guys generally once they know what they are, that aren't good. Yeah, Eric Arms had made a comment today. So, you know, it's, yeah, I'm sure Bose is not worried because if you're an exceptional player, you do things the right way, the Niners take care of you. And I was like, yeah, except if you, unless you're DeForest Buckner. <laughs> that was the one guy. 
And I, whenever I, think, I see Armstead on the podium, I always think like, man, it should be Buckner. I don't know how it should be Buckner. No offense. They chose the wrong guy. And yeah. you're going to be in the 10 year wall with no pro bowls. While Buckner could have been like Buckner should have been in like the ring of honor or borderline. I don't Buckner know. clearly is a better player than Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead doesn't make Eric Armstead a bad player, but no, Buckner's no, better. no, no, no. He's a good player for sure. He yep. just needs to, he just needs a little injury luck. And so far so good him and Ken law. Those guys were hurt basically all of last year and both of them have been healthy all of this year. So that's good. And here we go, Grant. We already got the Javon Kinlaw hype train moving again. I'm How starting he, it. Oh. I'm the biggest Javon Kinlaw fan. Yeah. No, like <laughs> I've just been on Kinlaw for years because I'm like, nah, man, you're not a good pass rusher. You need to be in practice every day in the one-on-ones working with Chris Kasarik. And when you do, you could improve. And he's just been hurt. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not going to happen magically. And so now what could happen this year? I'm open-minded. I want to see what happens. I don't think he's going to be a great pass rusher right away, but he could improve because he does have a good coach and he's a- athletic. So we'll see. I think see. that he could have been a, a good player. I think his body is not going to allow him to be a good player anymore. You don't just magically don't get healthy after this many surgical procedures on the True. same part of your body. That doesn't automatically like, oh, now we got it, right? Like, no, they either fixed it or they didn't fix it. And I don't think it can be fixed at this point. His knee was already an issue coming into the NFL. So I, I think that, while yeah. he might have incredible ability, I just think that he's never going to be healthy. You're never going to be able to I count. would agree with you. All I'm saying is I'm open-minded. He hasn't been hurt in like a while. He's stacking days, as they say. What the hell does that even mean, stacking <laughs> days? Football players say that with a straight face like it means something. I'm like, I'm sorry. Can you speak English? Can you try that again in English? Because I don't know what stacking days mean. How do you stack a day? A day isn't something that you can put on top of another day. They're not physical objects. I don't get the metaphor. Football players mix metaphors all the time. Kyle Sand was talking about adding holes to the team. You don't add holes to the You fill holes. <laughs> adding holes is different. It's like the exact opposite of filling That's holes. bad. <laughs> I just feel like English gets in the way of football players sometimes. Like, why do I have to use this language? Can't I just use X's and O's? Can't they X's and O's just come out of my mouth? No. You have to translate them into a language. Sorry. Kyle, is, his language is not his strong suit. Um, <laughs> no. It's Whether- just in the way. He's fighting it. Yeah, like yeah. half the time, if you take what his quotes literally say, they mean the opposite of what he's trying yeah. to convey. Like, it's a very strange thing. That guy, thank you for the super chat. What about how Telenoa Hufanga's comment yesterday about the defensive coordinator being more involved in defensive meetings, especially DBs? Huff basically said they jumped through hoops to talk. I actually didn't catch that. So if you know what he's specifically referring to, you could help me out. I'm not surprised, though, to hear that Steve Wilkes is more involved with the secondary. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He just said, like, he's not used to having a defensive coordinator in the DB room. Because, uh, because he's the secondary guy. Yeah, and, and D'Amico's a linebacker coach. So it's just like now – it must be nice when the D.C. comes from your room. You know what I mean? And then you got three rooms you can come from, D-line, linebacker, or D- DB. And it's like, okay, now the D.C. like is our guy. It must feel great. It must feel really nice. But doesn't mean that he's better than D'Amico. Like, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Kyle said on the interview with Tim Kawakami that basically they hired Steve Wilkes because they could integrate him with the rest of the defensive staff, which they didn't want to change. They wanted a guy that was going to be able to essentially keep the train in the tracks, maybe make some interesting tweaks here and there like D'Amico did with Robert Sala, and that's the plan they're going with. And, of course, in that same breath, Kyle had to liken it back to something that his dad did with the 49ers, which is when Mike Shanahan took over from Mike Holmgren on the offensive side of the ball in 1992 
and Steve Young went on to win the MVP and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, because it worked for Mike Shanahan, Kyle thought it would be a good thing to do. I think you might have missed a couple of Super Chats. Um, Papa Phil and Dave Barclay talk about McKivitts. Um, you can remember that in the starred section, they, they're all lined up. So if you, I know, I'm trying to keep okay. some sort of semblance of flow to the episode. Oh, flow sucks. I don't do flow. Sorry. I trust Rob. He'll, he'll get you. Rob's in charge. If he, if we get to the end of the show and he didn't get you, let, let us know. But I trust Rob entirely. He's a great host, just a phenomenal and a good looking man. Oh. Look at that. He had a nice haircut. You seem <laughs> like you'd be tall too. I'm thinking six, three. What do you, what are you, what are we talking? Five, ten. Okay. I look That's good. Than That's everything. good height. Excuse good height. Papa Phil. I think McKivitz will be this year's Aaron Banks. He's a little older than Aaron Banks. Um, what do you think? Do you think he's like all of a sudden? I don't take think he's the next Aaron Banks. No. I think Spencer Burford might be the next Aaron Banks, a second-year player who improved. But McKivitz, he was in the same draft class as Ayuk. I don't know. I just felt like McKivitz is a good backup offensive lineman. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He can play left. He can play right. Like He's the kind of backup you want. I don't think he would start at right tackle for very many teams in the NFL. I don't right. think he would start for any other right, any other NFC West teams. And look, maybe a guard. We've seen this team play in the Super Bowl with who was it, Mike Person, on the offensive line. Like it's not like it's they haven't done this before. So again, I keep saying I'm worried, but I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because they were Brendo was good enough last year, Banks was good enough last year, Burford slash Brunskill was good enough last year. So I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Official BNA Music says Micah had McGlinchey planking in midair. That's the perfect way to describe it. Absolutely 100%. Yep. And yep. God, I hope those days are over. Dave Barclay said, I didn't mean you were, Rob, but fans. I don't know if you're specifically talking about me. I, I don't remember the context of that, so I apologize, Dave. But I don't care if you call me out. I have no problem with that. In fact, I prefer it. Like, keep me honest on stuff. I have absolutely no problem. With yeah, keep him honest, it. but I don't like when people keep me honest. Just to forget all the bad things I say and that <laughs> things are incorrect. That's not true. We're, we've been very cordial on this show today. We got a little spicy last time. I think we've been very good this week. Yeah, because today's more like talking about what happened more than like arguing about what could happen or what should happen or, or who's at, who's responsible. Like nothing bad happened today, so we don't have to blame Kyle for anything. You know what I'm saying? Kyle did good. The good. Kyle didn't mess up. No, your, your players got hurt. By the way, people should go check out Grant's after every practice. Grant always does a breakdown of what happened out there. It's one of my favorite things, good and bad, both sides. I don't know why more people don't do it because it's a fantastic idea. I always appreciate it as someone that lives in Connecticut and is not there. So go and check that out. Ryan Aloy, Grant's on a Seahawks podcast. Speaking of getting called out, you said journalists should not be fans. Then you said you root for the Niners' demise. How is that not the same thing? I was joking, Ryan. You, you couldn't tell. You think I actually root for the Niners' demise? If the Niners were five and twelve this year, I would make way less money than if the right. Niners were twelve and five. If the Niners, do you understand how much money I make in January now that the Niners are good and they go to the playoffs? Like the uh, honestly, the ideal scenario for me, I'll, I'll hear you, Ryan, is the Niners go to the Super Bowl every year and lose. That's what I'll right. take because that way I get to maintain my upper hand on Kyle and be like, no, I'm not, I'm not putting you in, in the hall of fame yet. You know, we, we still got to be eye to eye here. Cause as soon as he wins the super bowl, I'll be like, all right, man, you're the man, you're the man. And I'll just say that for the, for, but so I, but I want them to go far. Like I want super bowl week. I want all that. So no, this is all good for me. I'm, I obviously don't want their demise. I was joking. It's being no. silly. Dave Sorry. Barclay clarifies. We were talking about fans not liking Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Yeah. I, I understand you were saying other people. It, it's fine. 
uh, blank says Kyle Shanahan stacking days. Stacking days. How you doing, Grant? Oh, you know me, just stacking days. That that no, I don't know <laughs> what that means. That literally means nothing. Papa Phil Living. says Jason Poe has almost disappeared. I'm fascinated by him. Was he there? How does he look? Is he in the mix for anything, or is he just a guy? I've always been fascinated by him. Can we can we wait till the pads go on? Can you give me that? Because I I don't want to. Yeah. You could be dead wrong on linemen before the pads go on. That's all I'm saying. Like, how much are you really seeing? So like, give me a couple of days. Day five, pads go on. Monday. And Kyle basically said that. Like, look, they're not doing much out there because they're they're you know, they're ramping up as they say. Yeah, I mean, the idea right now is don't get people hurt the first four days back. I Let's see it. how many because what happens the first four days is uh hamstring pulls. <clears throat> hamstring pulls. Danny Gray, not hurt yet. Thank don't God. do it. D- get the team through the freaking first <laughs> week without the hamstring pulls. This comment drives me nuts. Cast JJ99. Would David Lombardi like Lance if he was white? Like people are injecting the race. I don't know thing. who that is. I only know spreadsheets. And I don't know how if I don't think spreadsheets see color. I, like I don't. I hate when people comment about that stuff. You don't know David Lombardi. You don't know David Lombardi. Like, why do we why do we have to go there? I, I just I hate those type of comments. I really do. And it, it's crazy how it's come up with Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, I don't think people I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea what motivates Dave Lombardi. I have no idea. Right. Go ask Dave I Lombardi. I don't know. Ask Dave. I don't know. I do think some people it's, I don't think it's Dave. I don't know if it's Dave, but I feel like some people with the quarterback, it's not just the quarterback, it's the face of the franchise. That's a, that's a loaded thing. The face yep. of the franchise. And remember, Colin Kaepernick was the face of this franchise for a while. And some people don't like, didn't like him. And I think some people, when they look at Trey, they look, they see a face that's kind of like Colin. And I don't even know if they acknowledged or put two and two together, but they're like, Brock's the face of my franchise. <laughs> the first, because he looks just like me. I don't know. The first black quarterback to ever start for the 49ers was Troy Smith. That was not that long ago. That was the he, first. I'm I'm 95% sure that he was the first black quarterback to start a game for the 49ers. Wow. That's crazy. I could, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, which is like, yeah, what was that? There's a lot of franchises that have had none. I think the New York Giants are one of them, which really? makes you respect franchises. Yes. Which no, makes you Gino. respect franchises. Pardon? Gino, Gino did Brooke, you know? Manning's start string. <laughs> okay. Okay. He might have been the first one. He yeah. might have been the first one, but it makes you respect uh, franchises like Philly, Baltimore, Pittsburgh um, Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Yep. Big deal. That kind of stuff. And you would think, think the Niners would be right there. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, although when you've had Raiders were Al Davis, Al Davis, oh. I mean, he had the first black head coach, the first non white head coach. Um, yep. Yeah. The Raiders had a lot of firsts. I mean, Amy Trask mm-hmm. was the CEO. That's for the right. Raiders. Uh, shout That's out right. to you. Love you. Mm-hmm. DNA Music says Grant roots for quote positive chaos and hijinks. Pa- yeah, chaos is good with this team. As like as someone now that's independent doing this, I can tell you, it's much more lucrative when things are chaotic. Twenty twenty and- wasn't fun. Oh God, no, no, man, wasn't good. I mean, it's fun to put like and be like this team sucks and I said so and I was right and da 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 da. But then you have three more months and the offseason sucks. This is a good question. Robbie says, Grant, did Kyle misspeak when he said on the podcast with Tim Kawakami that Brock had broken ribs during the Seahawks Thursday night game last year, or did he actually play with broken ribs on a short week? Kyle did say he had broken ribs. I don't know. He said that Brock Brock got the the numbing injection and couldn't throw right away after it because it hurt too badly. So they literally didn't even know during warm-ups whether Brock was going to start or Josh Johnson. That Kyle himself said that. 
I with believe Tim Callahan. Why believe is he it. playing with broken ribs? What was the alternative? Josh Johnson. Yeah, that's why. Sorry, Josh. That's what. That's why. And that could. And be I, like, they hadn't clinched the division yet. They had. That was a. That was a the division clinching game. So. And that could I think be they, why Kyle loves Brock so much. Does Kyle love? I mean, I think they respect Brock. Like Brock, we needed you to do that, and thank you. But Sam Darnold's looking great. <laughs> well, I feel like when you like listen to this quick, this just the beginning of this clip, Kyle talking about Brock. I know how good he played. I know how good he played. Like he loves him. He loves him. I think he respects him. I disagree. I disagree. I th- it sounds patronizing when he says it. Like, look, he was great. He's a great story. He stepped up. What he did was was historic. But I don't want to commit myself to him long term. I don't. I might want Kirk Cousins next year. I, I might prefer Sam Darnold right now. I might think Sam Darnold could do everything Brock did last year. But I'm not going to minimize what Brock did in the past. But I'm also not going to tie myself down to him in the present and the future. That's the way I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Because it's like, we all agree Brock was a great story, but at some point, great story turned into great quarterback. Like, no, there's a difference. Right. There's a difference. And there is a difference. There's a difference. And yeah. I feel like people don't like to hear when you say, Brock put up some good numbers. Did he actually, like, was he amazing, incredible? No, I don't think he was. I think he was okay, and he threw a lot of touchdowns. He only threw for, like, 217 yards a game. So let's That's, calm down. Yeah. Papa Phil says, Rob, racism does exist. Thanks for the update, Papa Phil. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Sean says Frank Gore did it after two bum knees. Frank Gore did everything after two bum knees and Hall two of Famer. Bum shoulders. Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. Love him. Absolute respect for Frank Gore. Everything Frank Gore did was after injuries. Like Frank Gore is yep. a freaking bionic robot. I remember him at Miami and he was there with Clint Portis and Willis McGahee and some great running backs who just tore it up in college and Everyone, I remember when you'd watch the Miami games, you'd be like, man, if they just had Frank Gore, Frank was the best. And the Niners got him. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, he was so highly touted at Miami, which back then was the school. That was the one. Yeah, the U. If you were anyone, you went to Miami. And it worked out. Penny says, I was right about Troy Smith, so I'm going to take a victory lap on that. Steve M says, disgusting to make it about race and not play. There's the two sides of that. Okay, coin. Steve. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, Frank was starting over all those guys at Miami. And then he tore his ACL twice in mm-hmm. like 18 months. Uh, mm-hmm. And then still was freaking amazing. Remember McGahee's injury? I could not watch that as a kid. I had, you know so, what? Oh. I've never seen it because everyone said it was so gruesome. I could never bring myself to watch it. So I still haven't seen it. It went all the way the wrong way. All the way. Oh, oh, rough. I won't watch the Paul George one either. I don't like stuff like that. Yeah, when the bone goes through the skin, I can't deal with that. Steve M says, let the best player play. Enough said. Sam Darnold, it, Brandon Allen, let's go. The fact that Kyle keeps hyping up Brandon Allen and saying that he's earned more reps. Like, so you think Brandon Allen should take reps away from Trey and away That's from Sam Darnold? And away when he from said that, I, that made me think like, oh, you're going to trade Trey. Okay, yes. so you so Trey asked for a trade, and you said when Brock comes back, and Trey came back, and he was like, "Okay, Brock's back. Can I go now?" And they're like, "Yeah, okay, we'll see what we can do." I think that they have been greasing the skids for that for a long time. I mean, hell, Matt Mayoko a few weeks ago said the joint practices are going to be really important from Trey Lance from an NFL perspective, aka that's his chance to show any NFL teams that I just he think can. It's really funny that like they might have been trying to like manufacture a stock uptick like hey he's improving even though he may not have been but like he's very clearly has improved and brandon allen very clearly ain't it 
So you might want to trade Trey, and he may have requested a trade. I don't know. But, like, now that he's made these strides, are you really going to sell low on Trey? I wouldn't. You should never sell low on anybody. That's Thank that's you. not what you want to do. L. Fox says, if you were at any of those uh, Brock's games, you would know how special he was. Why? Because I, there's something you gain sitting in a seat on the upper deck that I can't gain watching on my high-definition 65-inch television? Come on. I hate, like, yeah. no. I the games are on TV. I could watch the games. I don't need to be in the stadium. No, it was. Here's the thing: people think that they they have an emotional attachment to Brock Purdy because the season was swirling the toilet bowl when he came in. Trey got hurt, Jimmy got hurt, and it was oh my god, our Super Bowl season is going down the drain. And then when he came in and he started to play well, people were like. Oh my God, we still got a shot. So that has made people overly attached to Brock Purdy. They mm -hmm. use words like special and he magical. saved the season. Yeah. He saved the people. Stuff. People's emotions are tied into the, the Niners playing deep into yeah. the season. And they felt like it was ripped away from them. And they're talking about, can we get Baker Mayfield? Like forget Baker Mayfield. Brock stepped up and he made, he, he let the story keep going. You know what I mean? It's almost like, the movie ended halfway through and he saved it. It's like, okay, great. But like that now that's over and now it's a new season. What's going to happen? Let's find out. And you start from zero, by the way, you don't just pick up where you left off no. the previous year. Gameplan.exe. I think the coaches in front office are only propping up Darnold to try and exercise his ghosts. Well, apparently his ghosts are still there because he said he thought George Kittle's pool house was haunted. So he's still seeing ghosts. I don't know. He had one opportunity to hit a big play today. He had Danny Gray open deep. He just destroyed. He, no offense to Ambry Thomas, but he beat Ambry Thomas. And Sam Darnold had to look off the safety and hit the throw. He didn't do either. Like he led Talanoa right there and underthrew the throw. It was like, okay, well, yeah, I man, he's a whole new Sam Darnold. Nice. Woo. Yeah, I, that's what I don't like. Stop peeing on my leg and tell me it's raining. He's not a whole new Sam Darnold. He's the same Sam Darnold he's always been. And yeah. that's. Sorry. All right. We touched Maybe on tomorrow. Javon Kinlaw. We've touched on the quarterbacks. We touched on the post-practice pressers. I'm trying to think, is there anyone else I should ask you about? Or I should ask you, is there anyone else that jumped out to you that had a really good practice? Did you did you like my interaction with George Kittle after, after the practice? Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. I okay. Apologize. So George Kittle comes in, and he always says, howdy. And he wants to talk about himself, as we all do. He's a, he's a, he's a you know, borderline Hall of Fame player, and he does things too, although he didn't practice that much today. So first question, Brock. Second oh. question, Trey. And I know he hates this stuff. So third question, I go, hey, uh, George. And I do it like I, I try to – I don't want him to know what I'm going to ask because I'm like the guy who asks the gotcha questions sometimes. So I, saw, I wanted to rock him on his heels a little bit. So, I, hey, George, how much do you like answering questions about quarterbacks, talking about quarterbacks, analyzing quarterbacks? And he just like cracks up so much. And he's like, yeah, man, I – I'll just say the same damn stuff all the time. Can keep it coming. And so a couple minutes later, Larry Kruger asked a question about how much has Trey Lance improved? And Kittle immediately snarky mode today in one day. In this one practice? In this one practice. So <laughs> that's Kittle. I think he's like so exhausted with it. He's like, we've had this topic every year I've been on the team. He said that. Blame Kyle. Blame your Blame head Kyle. coach, dude. Uh, he was almost talking down to Kyle in this press conference. He was like, you know, no offense, but Kyle's gotten a lot better. <laughs> it's funny, dude. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Yeah, George is – he sneaks in those little comments yep. every once in a while. He makes more money than Kyle. Look. <laughs> it's true. Big deal. Yeah. 
Ryan Hernandez, Brock ran Kyle's offense exactly how Kyle wants it. And that's why he's had so much success. Brock's job was to get it to the playmakers. And he did that. That's certainly how Kyle sees his job. Kyle sees his job as do exactly what I tell you when I tell you to do it and do nothing else. Even if you make a better play than you would have made, that's not what I want. He wants a robot. He literally said he was impressed by Brock in camp last year because Brock was a machine making the play where it was supposed to be made, not trying to take the deeper play. He literally said those words to Tim Kawakami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he drafted Trey Lance for a reason. He wants Kirk Cousins for a reason. He's not tying himself down to Brock Purdy for a reason. He got Jimmy Garoppolo the hell up out of here for a reason. Like, I don't think you have to be that smart to figure it out. I'll, I'll let you put the, uh, you know, the clues together yourself. It's like Blue's Clues. He doesn't just tell you what happened. He lets you figure it out. And that's why people love that show. Shout out Blue's Clues. The coach. Shout out Steve. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Steve? Paprika. I don't know where Steve is now. Yeah. Is he really? I don't yeah. know. They used to always joke about that in middle school. Like, did you hear what happened to Steve? I don't know. <laughs> Steve, don't do that. Come on, man. That's not Sorry. Um, the coach, yeah. shout out to you, coach. How much credit are we going to give Debo for doing his job and showing up in shape? It was good to see Kyle's snark and dismissive attitude is aptly utilized for once. Enough. Totally fair. Completely fair. I for agree. I that. agree. I, I don't like, like, Debo has one great year and has been, like, pretty much unprofessional the rest of his career and people are like he's a great player he just needs to get in shape meanwhile brandon Ayuk has been freaking extremely professional his whole career and whenever asked about brandon kyle's like yeah you know he went to junior college he says it every time i said it today yeah you know he went to junior college and he took him a little while but now he's a real pro like man what about debo what about debo now he's a real pro right after you gave him 24 million dollars a year i don't know i don't get that thank you coach well, you know, Brandon Ayuk wasn't a wide receiver at Texas, like somebody we know. Let's just say that. Uh, last super <laughs> chat we're going to get to because I know you got to run, Grant. I do. Kevin Crittenden says, is a schism coming in the locker room? Team Trey versus Team Brock. If Kyle is too much of a boy, will he lay back and let the locker room decide? The, to question. me, the only That's way a schism question. happens is if the team struggles. If the team is losing games, then there will be a schism. As long as the team is winning, there won't be a schism with the quarterback because ultimately that's all these guys care about is winning. That's why Jimmy was so beloved because at the end of the day, most of the time they freaking won. But at the same time, this team that three years in a row has gotten off to slow starts. Yes. So if Brock starts this year and the team isn't winning and it's not even his fault, you know, he's going to get scapegoated mm -hmm. and certain players on the team who might prefer Trey anyway, might start privately making noise. Like, Hey, how long are we going to do this? When can we get the other guy in there? I mean, that could happen. That's sort of what happened last year. So it'll be interesting. Yes. I do think it's an interesting role reversal for Brock. You got to play against the first team defense. You got to you got to suffer, you know, those days. It's not going to be pretty. And then you got to play early in the year, which he didn't do last year, when the team as a whole isn't even that great. God forbid Christian McCaffrey misses any time. God <laughs> forbid. Well, it's true because what you're going to He didn't practice today. Yeah, I don't think that's because. And the Niners were like, no big deal. Okay, sure. Let's see if he's practicing tomorrow. If he's practicing tomorrow, cool. Because I just assume that Niners, that the, the team doesn't tell you the truth when it matters. So we have to see tomorrow. I, they're probably telling the truth, but I don't assume it. Just saying. Given their I interview, probably, I uh, yeah. can understand that. But it yeah. is going to be interesting for Brock because if he starts to struggle, a guy's going to be like, hey, can we get rid of the last pick of the draft and bring in the guy that we traded an arm and a leg for that we took third overall? Like, that's going to be a real thing. Some of those calls will come from inside the house, and it's going to be up to Kyle Shanahan 
to kind of navigate all that. And we'll see if he does. Uh, Miguel said, I saw Brock Purdy in person. He looked like Nick Mullins 2.0, but just with a stack defense and offense, my money is on Trey Lance. We will have plenty more time to discuss the quarterbacks. This is only practice number one. So don't worry. Buckle up, Trey, uh, Grant. I'm tired. I'm I can done. tell. I'm 35 <laughs> years old. I can't do this anymore. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. You're younger than me? How old do you think I was? I don't know. I thought you were the same age. Now I feel much worse about you, myself. Were you 38? Yeah. You, but you look 27. Okay. Well, thank you. But I'm just showering you with praise. We got one more from official BNA Music 88, then we're done. Then, then I got to go do a show with Jesse if you want to keep watching me and give me money. Okay. That's Fans fair. are okay with Brock Purdy being just good enough despite good enough won't be with the top quarterbacks in the AFC are good enough to negate our defense. Too many things have to be perfect for him to make the big plays. That's exactly why I want Trey Lance over Brock Purdy. You distilled it perfectly because I think that if things aren't perfect, I don't know that Brock can overcome. And I think that Trey has a better chance to do that. Here's why I'm with Trey over Brock. They're opposites. With Brock, it's like, man, he hits the layups really well. Mm -hmm. Can he extend it? Like, what's his range? Can he hit the threes? With Trey, it's like, man, you're a great three-point shooter, but you are hopeless around the hoop. All forget the basketball metaphor. I don't know that Brock Purdy can extend his range as a thrower. Like that's a lot to ask for, especially coming off this injury. Yes. I do think that Trey Lance can get better on the layups. And I think that he already has. So we'll see. You'll see it for yourself. Enjoy uh, the rest of training camp, Grant. I look forward to seeing your recaps. Like, and subscribe to both YouTube channels, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Rob, you. Grant. Real yes. quick. Something just occurred to me next Wednesday. I think they're off. So the people watching, I think, will be back at our normal time next week since I think I'm just going to be home. So let's keep that in mind. Okay. You we, and me. Yes. We'll keep everybody up to date on what time we're going to yeah. do it. Have a good rest of your night, everybody. Peace.